Welcome to another episode of the Manverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin. This is session number 47. Welcome to the Manaverse Podcast, where it's all about the business side of gaming and how to take your local game store to the next level of success. Whether you're a gamer with aspirations of owning your own store or an entrepreneur who wants to grow their existing business, on this show you'll discover the strategies, tactics, and systems that make the best game stores in North America so successful. The Manaverse Podcast is made possible by listeners and viewers like you. Help support the show and the creation of more, better content by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast. As a patron, you get early access to the show before anyone else, shoutouts on upcoming episodes, and access to a weekly Google Hangout with me, where you can ask questions about building a game store, creating the podcast, or whatever you like. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Join the Maniverse community by becoming a patron today. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Traplin, and I have with me today, Alan Hicks, the owner of... Well, it's an interesting story. He's the owner of Geeky Gummies, which is the evolution of Nerdish Haven. And I'm going to let him kind of roll into the story. So, like, what's, what happened? What's going on? Why, why did Nerdish Haven change into Geeky Gummies? What's going on? Well, to uh, put it into perspective, um, I came into a, a store that was not doing the greatest, tried to help out, take care of business, and... Um, you know, once all said and done, you get into rebranding and other things to try to build success and customer base back up. And lo and behold, one thing led to another, and now it's Geeky Gummies. Okay. And for the viewers and listeners who uh, who remember, Nerdish Haven used to be. Well, the interview I did was with uh, Aaron Tillman. So what? What? What's the story? What? How did you come into the picture? Well. Mr. Tillman was my business partner. I bought into the store oh, last October, give or take, and uh, the store wasn't in the greatest situation financially. They were talking about closing, closing down to, to save face, if nothing else, and uh, started trying to work to improve things. And oh, Toward the end of December, early January, uh, after some intense negotiation, uh, Aaron and I decided it would be best to split ways. And uh, part of the split agreement was that all the accounts would be transferred into a new name and his license that was registered through his uh, social security number and all, all of his personal information would be terminated to prevent any, any potential problems. Okay. And I got a new business license under the, the moniker uh, Geeky Gummies January 1st, 2016, and we've been steamrolling from there. Okay. So... That leads me to two questions, personally, that come up for me. Uh, the first one is, why did you buy in to the business if you knew that it was already in trouble? Well, I was hoping that I might be able to turn it around. Um, my big thing is I've always wanted to own a geek store, nerd store, game store, whatever you want to yeah. call this particular genre. Local game store. Yeah, the common yeah. nomenclature. Exactly. <laughs> but I've, something I've always wanted to do, and it was a perfect opportunity to, to get in on the ground floor and try to make something and okay. well, it started out a couple of us bearing the load and it ended up me walking alone but I'm still here and I'm still kicking okay and 
then the second question was, uh, what is what is Geeky Gummies? What, why why the name? Like, how did that come about? Because it's pretty unusual. It is an unusual name. Um, back when I was in high school and going into college, I was a member of the first robotics team at uh, Tri County Technology Center in Bartlesville, and. Um, we went to the international competition, which that year was hosted in Atlanta, and uh, I did electrical work on the robot, so therefore I was amongst pretty good company with the other nerds and geeks of the, the area, and just jumping in and out of random conversation with people, various trivia, you got you know, your Star Wars buffs, your Star Trek buffs, your fantasy novels, magic. D&D, and I kind of have a, a knack for just random trivia and, and following conversation with people, and, and it all culminated in somebody, and I don't remember who at this point, just you know, looked at me and goes, you know what, you're just, just the geeky gami, the, the, the geek god, and uh, kind of stuck as a nickname. That works pretty well. It, it did, and so uh, geeky gami's game store became a thing. Okay, so let's, uh, let's talk about what the store is... Uh... It, what it looks like now. So how how long has it been since you've kind of like turned things? You've gone in a new direction. How many uh, months has it been? We started January 1st, and uh, now we're July 5th. So we've gone roughly seven months on our own, give or take a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. So what did uh, what did the store look like January 1st? And like, what does it look like now? What's the what's the big difference? Uh, between now and January 1st. Um, New paint, uh, new facilities, counters, uh, we've expanded, uh, definitely increased our product lines, got more sanctionings for different games, uh, matching chairs is a big thing as far as uh, personal victories. It does add a little something to the aesthetic of a game store. It's kind of like a, a synergy bonus from Diablo 2, you get all the armor. Exactly. <laughs> it starts look, looks, look, looking good when you get, you know... All the little pieces together. Yeah, definitely. Someone walking in off the street, and you have mismatched chairs, and you know, a case with peeling paint, and yeah. one pink and one wall is green. It, it just doesn't leave the best visual impression. Fair enough. And also, so what about the like, you know, the business basics? Like, you went from say like, uh, troubled, you know, having some difficulties to you're turning it around, right? Oh yeah. I mean, we started out. You know, pretty much in the negative. We had customers who had been promised uh, sealed product. I mean, we we had to figure out how to to get that product to their hands and definitely save our working relationship. I mean, a business without regulars doesn't survive very long. So, sure. I mean, we we start started pretty much as low as a person can be. Uh, had to get a small bank loan to get things covered up to get our customers happy to where we could then move forward. Um, we had a lot of support with our local community uh, during that first month. Uh, people out, came out of the woodworks to, to show their love and support to keep the game store running. And uh, I mean, we cleared 7,000 that month, which is probably more than the business had cleared since July of last year. That's great. So how did you reach out to these people? Like, how did you get them to do this? How did you turn it around that way? Well, I mean, the, the biggest advent was was a correct utilization of social media. Uh, 
prior connections and networking. Um, being that I, I did some work with a privateer press in the past, uh, pushing War Machine and Hordes, uh, different stores knew me, and I rely on those uh, connections with friends to kind of spread the word and you know, get the grapevine out there working in my favor. Okay, so social media was a big part of bringing the customers back and building back that trust. Yeah. Definitely a, a significant uh, amount of it. So what did that look like? Like that the give me the fine details. Like what did that what does that mean? Is that like you had a lot of Facebook posts? You uh, you were using Twitter, like Instagram, Pinterest. Like what were you doing? Well, the biggest thing we, we utilized was various gaming groups that are pre-existing. Um, there's probably hundreds between uh, Oklahoma, Missouri, and Kansas, which were in the, the corner of all three there. Mm-hmm. I guess I should mention Arkansas, too. Don't want to miss out the love there because we got a couple guys from that area who definitely have come up and you know, thrown their weight around. <laughs> want to shout anyone out? Uh, probably... Zach, and you know who you are, uh, drive, drove six hours to uh, play in one of our state's events just to try to get his free Uber, which he was the one who won the random after all. Nice. So uh, he definitely got, got his good luck. But uh, you jump into those groups to uh, push your events and get notifications, and you start seeing, well, there's a, a group of individuals playing around the, the Selena area who don't have a store that they necessarily visit, they just meet someone's table, well, what do you have to do to get those people in your store at your tables? So what do you have to do? You, know, you just have to pay attention to what people are, are looking for. Um, you know, if you have a group of casual gamers, obviously they're wanting to game casually, you just have to promote an environment. Uh, you got a group of people who like competitive play, bring in competitive events with more, more people, you know, larger prize pots, and you get them coming. That's pretty much uh, your divide is between competitive and non-competitive. Uh, yeah. Your next hard, hardest part is well, you've got you know four Yu-Gi-Oh players and sixteen Magic players, and you know as hard as it is, you have to still think of each individual community as a different person and, and give them each their their respect and push their game, which is a very stressful situation when you have to equally herald for you know eight or nine different communities trying to keep them alive and strong. And that, at the end of the day, that's what the legwork is what keeps everybody happy and everybody in your, your venue. Good advice, good advice. So what would you say is the, uh, the most effective thing that you've done? What's the most important one action that you've taken in the past six months to really turn things around? If you could isolate it. The most important thing that I have done in the last six months Honestly, and as weird as it's going to sound and as hokey as it's going to sound, it's not giving up. You know, there'll be, in my particular experience, I'm working 42 hours a week with a nearly salaried position, and I'm running a, a store full time. There were nights that I've gotten you know, less than six hours of sleep before a 12-hour work shift, just because of all of the things that I've had to get done and keep it getting done. Um, well, I like watching, like, uh, HLN, you know, the home improvement shows. Yeah. So there's a term that they use on a lot of those called sweat equity. Yep. And that's when you do your own work to save the money. Well, and having employees is nice and definitely gets you the free time to, yeah. to go out 
you can chase skirts, but uh, you know, in the end, you know, working every every weekend in your own venue on your busy nights, trying to keep people happy, it's definitely makes the difference. I mean, going in at nothing more than the cost of my time to be able to make that that money that night is just less overhead. It means I can spend more money to to get where I need to be. In a lot of ways, you've kind of started a brand new business. Like you're carrying on the momentum of Nerdish Haven and some of the things related to that, but virtually everything is like brand new. You had to rebuild the community, rebuild the trust, do all of that, which is essentially starting from scratch in most ways. So right. you know, and to luckily, really get to that point, the sweat equity is how you do it. It's a good, uh, you know, if you can't just throw a big pile of money at the situation, that's a great way to get it done. Right. Well, the big thing is, like with Blizzard, they were such a big help on this. Um, rather than making a start 100% from scratch, they locked us in at, at the level that Nerd Haven was at and said, you've nice. got three months to hit those metrics under the under your new moniker, and if you can do that, then we'll just keep continuing. Another big thing was distributors. I mean, uh, Mr. Tillman only ran with uh, Aladdin as a, his main distributor and only distributor. Um, since then, we've moved on and we've gotten on several more lists. Uh, my particular primary I'm using now is Southern Hobby. Big shout out to Mike Champion, our uh, sales rep with them. He's a great guy. Just got a promotion, in fact, and we were one of the very few uh, places he kept on uh, to talk to, apart from his route driving. Another special uh, place, uh, Peach State Game Gaming, PhD. Okay. Um, they're, they were, they're an amazing source for, for anybody. Um, they write articles on various things that might uh, not be something a person would think of on building and keeping community and organized play. Um, great resource for everybody. Definitely recommend working with them. Apart from that, we got on with the, the standard big ones, ACD, Alliance, mm -hmm. Mad Owls. Definitely a weird one out of, out of Nashville, but pretty good people there too. I mean, I can't think of any major distributor list that we haven't gotten on to just to be able to ensure we get what we need when we need it. Fantastic. Was right that now, a common problem? Like, did that happen? Uh, was that an issue before the transition? Were you, like, running into issues of getting in stock? Like, they weren't sending what you needed, or was it just, like, availability, or... Well, given that we only work with Aladdin, who doesn't offer any type of price break that I knew of, and again, this is all this isn't directly from them. This is from what I've gotten from what notes I had left when he vacated the premises. Um, the big thing was, you know, who's going to be able to work with you? I mean, allocation is a huge thing in this in this business. Um, coming from nowhere, Kansas, with a shop that has just very freshly changed hands. It doesn't look very stable, and most places, if it's give the guy who's paying you eight grand a month in product, or give the guy who's you know been around for two weeks and has maybe four hundred dollars worth of product to order, you know, who are you going to cater to to try to keep the business for? And you know, it's just business one on one, and so you know maybe one guy can only get you two boxes on release weekend, while the other guy might be able to get you another two. Yeah, you have to pay a little more in shipping, but at least you have the product when you need it. Yeah, and that's how you build that customer trust. Make sure you, you know, you have what they want when they want it. Exactly. Yeah. 
to me, the, there's the flip side of that question. So what's the greatest thing you've the, the most important thing you've done? And then what's the biggest difficulty that you've encountered in the last six months that you've uh, overcome? Biggest difficulty? Um, probably picking and choosing your battles is the hardest bit of on, on all of that. Um, when you have, let's say you have $500 right now. Yep. And you have... 19 different things that need to be done. You've got to prioritize and pick where the, where the resources go, and some things aren't going to get done as quickly, and you have to accept that fact and not get frustrated. Yeah, my chairs are mismatched, but at least my toilets are running. You know, that sort of thing. I don't have all the product I want, but I have ample supply of soda pop for people who stay here for six hours and guzzle 18 cans of these. Yeah. Got, got, to, got to sometimes make some sacrifices, put things on the back burner and circle full around. Um, interesting analogy would be to treat it like an RTS. I mean, right at the beginning, you only have so much in your gold farm. You know, are you going to build more farms? Are you going to build more storage for gold? I mean, you got to put your defenses up. You just have to come at it with a, with a very common sense approach. I like that analogizing. I, I, I appreciate you bringing it back into the game world. That's good. So how do you determine your priorities? How did you pick which ones you wanted to tackle first? How did you know which ones to go for? Well, you know, there's no, no shame in admitting that, you know, in the Tulsa area alone, there's like nine different game stores. Mm -hmm. And most all of them are, are really sweet people. There's only been a couple that I haven't actually met the owners of personally. And you start looking at, you know, other places, and you go, well, what do these guys do good? What do these guys do good? Mm -hmm. And figure out what common traits that you want to exemplify in your business. Like, you may not want to uh, cater to the the living card games like Netrunner or okay. things that are fantasy flight. You may just want to stick stick with your your old you know saddle horse magic, or you, know, you might want to try something new and exciting like Force of Will. Figure out. You know, what you want to do, figure out how you're going to get people to that community. Are there people who are going to value organized play? Are there people who are looking for atmosphere? You know, are you looking at people who are college age? Are you looking at people who are, you know, middle school age? And try to figure all the, the little nitty-gritty bits down before you start making decisions. That's probably the best way to put that. Uh, most, most honestly, most honest way to put it, definitely. So, do your research, and then it becomes clear. Very much so. Nowhere to go. And it's interesting that you that you mentioned the uh, the LCGs. I've been talking to the other guys and my uh, the other co-hosts on this podcast, and uh, yeah, that's a common. That's an interesting point for game stores whether or not that uh, the LCGs are worth it. Well, I'm not speaking whether they are or they aren't uh, from personal experience. I mean, every, every venue is going to be different, but you don't want to discredit anything. I mean, the guy who comes in the door may not be a, a player for anything that you want, but because you're catering to whatever he wants, you know, it will be easy to sit him down, get talking to him about other things, and before you know it, you have another player for what you're wanting to push. Great example. I don't know if you're familiar with LARP or, or Dagger here. No, but okay. Tell me. Explain uh, it all. Maybe they the, are, maybe the viewer doesn't know either. 
saddle-based roleplay um, that values hitting each other with thumbed weapons. Okay. Uh, there are several places like that. You've got your Amp Guard, Melee, Nero, Belgarth. They all are about the, sa the same if you really boil it down. We've got a large group of people who do this sort of thing there in Coffeeville. Hey, I have some basement space. You guys need, need to, a nice, cool place to craft, craft your gear, uh, you know, make your garb, you know, give, them, give, them, give them a couple nights a week, you know, help, help give them a place to push their, their platform, their game. And all of a sudden, hey, we've got all this costume and you have a D&D &D night. Well, why don't we start playing D&D &D with you? Hey, what's this really awesome looking card game? I like anime. It looks like anime. Let's, let's see what that's about. Yeah. And get, them, get them hooked on the cardboard crack the slow way. Yeah. yeah first sample's free. Come on. You just, just try it once. That would oh, be yeah. great. At least it's not actual drugs. It's something, something that brings joy and fun to people's lives. So... There's I don't that. mean to sound derogatory toward anybody or any, anything, but when it comes down to it, people who are, are nerdy or geeky, regardless what shade of nerd or geek that they fall into, or how socially awkward or how much anxiety that person may have, as that seems to be a common trait with this specific subculture, mm -hmm. when you get down to it, everybody likes the same things. It's just a matter of getting them to your location and planting the seeds Hey, you may not be a card player right now, but you know you're, you come around, you hang around long enough, you start seeing it every day. It starts becoming, hey, that doesn't seem like such a hard thing. Hey, wait a second, you know it's very anime. I, I like anime, and you start getting all these little points. And whereas just talking to this person on the street and trying to upsell them isn't going to get them playing anything or or doing much, you know let let them come into their own time. Sometimes you've got to be more worried about butts and seats than you do you know, dollars in the drawer. Yeah, think long term, right? Don't think Very of much. just the sale right now because like if, in a lot of ways, if you're thinking short-term sale, right, you might be like, oh, you should buy this, you should buy this, you should pick these up, you pick these up, and it reminds me of uh, certain business models that try and kind of get you to pick up as much as possible whether or not you want it. Like right. sales heavy focused, right? They're like, buy as much as you can. They want that transaction to be as high as possible right off the bat. And then whether or not you see them again, well, that's a concern for somebody else. Whereas the, the idea of kind of like investing in your customer, getting them invested in you, and like, you know, you're going to build that customer for life, right? Where they're right. just going to keep coming back and they're going to keep wanting to spend money with you. Well, that that's to me that is the only way like a game store actually will survive long term. Well, the big thing for us is our atmosphere. Um, we've always been told I haven't had anybody who hasn't come in and remarked, "Hey, it's really mellow here. Why, why does it seem so extra mellow at your location than it does at this other location?" You know, everybody seems more laid back. Everybody's there to have a good time, and it really starts with your mentality and how you approach it. I mean, it's not just a, a business to me. It's it's something I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And luckily I have a, a lee enough leeway in my other job to be able to make that dream come true, which, you know, at the end of the day, if I don't make $800 in sales to cover overhead, I'm not not eating. I'm going to go home, go to bed, get up and go to work the next morning, eat in my cafeteria, do, do my, my thing. Yeah. So that's probably one of the, the, the biggest home runs worth, worth remembering. So why is your, like, how did your atmosphere get to the way it is now? Is that, like, top-down from you, or 
And then also, uh, side question, how many people do you have like working with you? Well, that's, that's an interesting side question to, to, to address at the same time. Um, for starters, I've only got two people that get regular compensation, and that's because there's four nights a week I can't be there. Um, I do have a few other people that I rely on for various little, little things every once in a while, like if I have, say, new players wanting to play force of will, I have a guy, his name's Matt Johns. He's uh, the coach of our uh, force of will team that goes out and plays competitively. And he's always willing to, to help me out by sitting down and talking to new people. You've got people like, uh, I've got another guy, Joseph Thomas. He's a level one magic judge, amazing man. I owe probably more than I should to him and, and just favor and all of the good things that he has, he has brought to me and helped me with on financing as far as predicting what singles to buy, what not to buy. Never uh, short sell your, your volunteerism as far as the regulars who want you to succeed because they want a good place to go. And I mean, it's just one of those things that if you succeed and you have a great economy going locally, then they can bring their cards in and you know they can be able to make a little economy themselves when they need to as far as that goes. Um, but it, to go back to your other point on that question is... Um, I very much believe that uh, as the, the quote-unquote leader of the troops, yep. it does start with you. Uh, if you're wound tight, then everyone else around you is going to see that and they're going to move to, okay, well, the boss is you know, real, real, real wound tight. We, we should try to not bring him in on and make our own decisions as far as what trade-ins to take. Or, you know, if you're calm and take it as, as a... Kind of like, a, I know, know a pretty fair amount of, you know, single prices and things like that. Mike, mm -hmm. I stepped. So treat it more like a learning opportunity, helping them to get skills to do better, to run their own stores or to go off and get jobs with, you know, major businesses or something to that effect. You know, make, make it about helping them get what they want or what they need. And when you do so, they're more than willing to make sure you you don't ever hurt for anything at the end of the day. And when you're, you're cool, they're cool. You know, when you're helping them learn and they're, they really are thankful for it, they'll put out the extra effort to, well, you know, this is what's going on. You know, hey, we, we're down on revenue this month. Well, then let's try to make some extra positive gain and upset or some other scenario. I like it. I like it. And I agree. I think it's... Uh... Your perspective as the leader definitely permeates through the organization, and even if it's just you and two other people, and to your customers too. Right. Well, like my dad always said in the army, uh, when you got your troops back, they got your back. Everyone's in the trenches together. I like it. Do they have any stake? These uh, two people that you work with, or are they just basically compensated? They're just you know employees. Well, not to get too, too technical on the details, um, as far as stake or ownership, um, I'm not the type of person to go around, I'm the boss, do it my way. You know, they think they have a better idea on how to organize or how to sort or to, to do something. You know, let them have the rope because, you know, at the end, if you knew what you're doing in the first place, you can fix any mistake they make. 
you know, and if they do come up with something better, well, use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now we're working on a, okay, if you don't have a membership with Sam's Club, I highly recommend it. All right. Uh, one of the things I found out recently that they offer is a group health insurance. And it may not be a lot, and it may not be the best insurance in the world, but, you know, something like that to people who are working virtually minimum wage jobs, you know, that, that's lifeblood. And you get get interesting little perks like that, and you start getting you know loyalty on your employees' end. As far as well, you know, I'm not making enough to, to make ends meet necessarily, so I'm gonna have to go work another job and, and eat here. Well, I'm not making enough to make ends meet all the time, but I might be able to pick up some extra shifts down, you know, at, at X or Y, as opposed to just leaving all together. You know, not, I like not, Put anybody down, you know, the pro proletariat, the, the bourgeoisie. You know, we're, we're running game stores, not Walmarts. Yeah, yeah, different scale for sure. Doesn't mean you can't take advantage of them. Well, you know, there, there's a point point in case where, you know, if you're taking too much advantage, everyone's going to know you're taking advantage, and they're going to think you're a, a you know, friend. They're going to think you're a dick for it. For so sure. You've got to pick and choose what when is a, is an opportunity to to make some mileage versus what's not going to be worth the headache. Uh, okay, another question that I was thinking about was uh, now that things have changed and turned around and you've altered kind of your business plan or the focus of the business at least. What's the uh, what's the biggest contributor? What are like, what are your products? What does your product lines look like? What's the thing that's making you the most money that you know your shop could not do without? Well, for the longest time, the last six months, it was Forza Will. It was actually uh, beating really? Magic up the store for a little bit. That's and, interesting. And I've gone to a couple of uh, AGPs, and most people just couldn't fathom that fact. You know, I guess Zendikar just wasn't too hot with the local area players in, in our area. I mean, that's, that's what the sets have been. When SOI dropped, I started seeing a lot more Magic players and neck and neck. We're waiting for Eldritch Moon to, to hit here to, to be a big big issue. Um, so, Force Will definitely has been good to us. I know that there's a lot of uh, technical details that scare people about the game. Uh, it being so new, the, the secondary market not being so good, or a couple of the major ones. But uh, you know, even if you're not selling a sold product, if you have people in there you know, buying some singles that you've picked up, since the secondary market is is virtually non-existent, you know, get them playing games and tournaments are, uh, you know, tournaments. People coming in, he may be a force of will player today, but he could be your magic player tomorrow. We don't need to talk about magic. I think we all know where that goes. Yep. Push commander. That that's one of our our things. Is that standard doesn't make it all, but commander and draft does. Interesting. Couple couple good facts there. Um, we just started with a war machine with Privateer. I mean, it's a for a skirmish-based combat game for miniatures. Their new uh, starter sets are forty dollars out the door. Comes with everything you need: dice, tokens, uh, measuring device, you know, rule book, you know, a little bitty pocket rules, which I mean, terrific compared to what they used to have. I mean, right out out of the box, ready to go. You have everything you need. I mean, that's you know, pretty awesome compared to the complexity of uh, Games Workshop product. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, 
Games Workshop definitely has its place in, in any store that can get it and can afford it. Um, I know that there's a lot of the, the back room, under the table stuff that we shouldn't talk about openly, but if you're selling Games Workshop product, there's no doubt in my mind you're making money. And so if that's what you, you, what you have to work with, use it. Really, use it. Um, let's see, what other game? You know, we've started picking up some Yu-Gi-Oh! and some Pokemon here in the last month and a half. It really never never operated before then, but you know, hey, it's more tournament players, it's more people there. It may not be a magic pack sold, but it's, you know, you know, two sodas, a bag of cookies and, and a tournament entry. I mean money's money and it all spins the same. I mean for sure. Just just when it boils down to the, the nitty gritty detail. Um, that's where our product lines are. Uh, you know, there, there's stuff that I haven't looked into just because of sheer not having the time. And there's some things I've looked into that I've said, mm, no thanks. Yeah, too much, too much hassle, or, or just doesn't seem like it'd be worthwhile. I mean, there's some picking and choosing involved. Uh, Another aspect of choosing your battles. Exactly. Sometimes it's it's just not worth it in the end. <laughs> um, oh, another another interesting fact: um, store security. I nearly forgot to mention that. Uh, something that should never be put too far down the list. We had a okay. break-in. Oh, really? Uh, June, toward the first of June, when we were at the St. Louis AGP, uh, right after the Eternal Masters drop. So I'll give you three guesses as to, to what may have gone missing, and the first two won't count. But luckily, they only took four boxes of Eternal Masters, half a freezer worth of food, and a, a force a little tote bag to carry it all. Not, not sure Sounds like will... your standard, you know, know-nothing thief. Doesn't seem like they're going after anything very specific at all. Either that or they, they were trying to not raise the alarm as far as what they were taking and trying to cover the cracks. Um, without getting too, too involved, uh, we made our, our report and uh, our neighbors, thankfully, have a security camera right down the street. And so we know who it was that went in the building after hours. Well, we're hoping that we'll see some reimbursement soon. Interesting. But, uh, so have you invested into security now? Uh, more so than we were. I mean, I knew that we had neighbors that had cameras, so I haven't been on the, on the quick to spend the extra money to get it going. But uh, with our last renovation, I've got an office now where I didn't have one before, which uh, allows me to stream the cameras and have a place to store the, the CPU. So, and again, Sam's Club, they have a deal with a terabyte hard drive with four cameras that have 120 foot night vision radius that record in 1080p for 300. I mean, Sam's Club keeps on giving. Oh, yeah. That's store's best friend. You get $10 back every time you spend 500. And not, not the greatest reward in the universe, but it'll pay your annual fee. Better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Better than nothing. Better than poking the eye. We also oh. here got a. Uh, just today, actually, I was talking with a distribution for Coca-Cola for uh, Monster Energy drinks and uh, various soda pops, and they're going to provide the, the cooler. I was really surprised that they don't have any minimum ordering requirements, uh, at least this outfit that we're working with. Mm -hmm. that, you know, what they want a minimum when you order of at least three cases of product, but you know, you're not required to make that order, you know, weekly or monthly. 
got a nice new refrigerator that you know is definitely on on the nice aesthetics of the, the place. Yeah, a little more professional than just like a random fridge to store mm -hmm. your stuff in for sure. So if you uh, if you were talking to somebody about your store, if you were talking about if you're talking to somebody who was thinking about doing something like you, what would you recommend? What would you tell them? If I were talking to someone who was wanting to, to start from from where ground, you started, uh, from where I started, I would just tell them be prepared because this this is this is going to be quite the rodeo. But if I was talking to somebody who was starting fresh off off the ground, building up from scratch, mm -hmm. now focus on your networking and make sure that the players don't ever come less on your totem pole than the money, they always should be above that. You know, cater, 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 cater. You know, they say location, location, location. Well, any location can work if the loyalty for people to go there is, at least in my, my experience. Fair enough. So what do you want the, the next six months to a year to play out for you in your store and Geeky game, Gammies? What do you want it to look like? Where do you want the shop to go? Well, from where we're at now, I mean, the first thing I'd like like to see is a little more stabilization on the week to week. What we have, you know, cash in the bank. Okay. I'd rather see this, a sway of a few hundred dollars than a few thousand dollars. For sure, uh, you get massive set drops like Eternal Masters, which and and they they pop and you get an instant reward, and you get some things like, say, you know. A3 force of will that, well, you order a million boxes of it and you know, six months later here, here's still half a million boxes of it. Stabilization is, is very nice. It lets you make safe bets and decisions as far as, well, this is what we need to work on in this. We have one more potential expansion in the works, uh, which will probably triple our size uh, with play area. There, it's our unfinished basement. Uh, it's I, I, you know, wasted space just, just annoys the, the, the dickens out of me. I would like to see that get finished. Um, we're in a nice, uh, oh, without sounding too terrible, a Mexican standoff with our landlord, as it's not our job to, to paint and to seal his basement and put carpet down, as we're the tenants, he's the owner. Yeah. But on the flip side, how quickly do I want it done? <laughs> So, you know, you got to take what you can do. For sure. And you definitely want to take advantage of the space that you're already paying for. Right. right. And uh, if we can get that done, I mean, we can probably go from hosting a 40-50 man event to uh, you know, a 100-120 man event with just the, the right key ingredients. What's something that you, like, you, know, you dream about that you want it to be? that you kind of like haven't necessarily uh, admitted to anybody? At, at the risk of uh, definitely hacking somebody off out in the universe, um, I would like, you know, completely pipe dream to build my brand to the point where I could be helping run uh, you know, Grand Prix level events for places like Force of Will and dethrone a certain uh, ARG. <coughs> Just because, uh, sorry, Jim, nothing personal. Love you to. 
it would be nice to, to see more options for larger scale events. Um, I think it's no secret that competitive play is what drives the, the trading card world. You have your PPTQs with, that Wizards directly you know, controls regardless who's running them. You've got Grand Prix trials, Grand Prix. Uh, it would be nice to see something blossom to give more options. Um, I have noticed that more and more places are starting to run state level events, uh, ARG being one, TCG player being another. Mm -hmm. um, just more venues. Events is kind of kind of where where I find find my personal home as far as what I'm the best at. That, that, that's another good, good point that should never be overlooked. Always keep your aces in their places. You know, if you're not the best at you know going through bulk and pricing what actually isn't bulk, you know, get someone who can that loves to do it. Always make sure to to play to your strengths when when at all possible. Don't, you don't lose nearly as many battles that way. Um, and I happen to really enjoy running events and keeping things going, which is why we're uh, dip in with. Uh, SOCON in Tulsa coming up in November. That's uh, why we've ran states ever since uh, we started in January every time it's been available. It's why our first PPTQ whenever we were crunched and hurting was a sealed event that I somehow managed to pull out of the skin of my teeth all the 18 boxes of product and ran a you know, 23-man event you know three weeks after going solo was definitely a, a trick. But in the end, you know, events just, that's where it's going to be. Ambition, ambition is key to survival. Anybody who's running a shop, anybody who's wanting to be anything, you know, ambition is probably one of the, the key traits that you have to have. You know, if, you, if you don't, you will get swallowed. All right. And then on that note, that kind of leads me into a question that I generally ask pretty much everybody who comes on the podcast and it's sometimes tricky to answer but it's personal for everybody and that's why I find it so interesting but it's what does success look like for you because everyone's got a different definition of what that means so what does it mean for you in terms of your your game store your life what does success mean well you know it, it's it's interesting um, success is ver a very abstract topic. Um, most people who know me probably don't realize that I actually have a degree in electrical engineering. I went, went to the University of Oklahoma, OU. I chose to depart from that path and work as a security officer and work my way up to where I am now with a you know, major international company. As far as my personal feelings on, on success in this particular venture, would be seeing, I wouldn't say standing room only, but seeing, you know, my, my chairs full of, full of butts every week at my Friday Night Magic, at my Saturday D&Ds, to see uh, my brand become such that other and probably more major conventions reach out and say, hey, would you like to, to help run our gaming wing? Would you like to host your tournaments here with us? You know, because our name has become that of something that's happening. That that is what I would consider successful, at least as far as my game store. I get that renown. 
I wouldn't quite quite go as far as renowned, but I don't want. I'm not known for being a, a major retail outlet. You know, people don't bring their their cards and collections to, to sell to me when they could go to Tulsa. But what they do come is to my events. Um, another store. Don't want to mention any names, but in northern Kansas, uh, we went to a state's event that they ran, and their judge and tournament organizer were great, given that they weren't given all the information that they needed to, to do what they needed to do efficiently, and we bailed their tournament out, and the next uh, circuit when we had our states, their entire community came to ours because they saw that we run a clean event with no hiccups. You know, I've got guys now that are driving six hours to, to compete at one of my state's level events just because they know that they're going to be treated fairly, that our judges know what, they're, what they need to know to, to do their jobs, and that everyone's going to have fun. You know, regardless whether my, my sales are up or down. In fact, I don't think the last states we, we made anything above a normal day. I think that says a lot about uh, your shop if you've got people willing to travel six plus hours to just come and support your store now if only my locals would, would, would match that ferocity <laughs> <laughs> well if you keep it up i'm sure they will yeah well i think as far as locals are concerned and every every shop will have this issue when you're in their backyard you're you become a staple you're always there whether they're there or not and get used to well i don't have to go all the time it's you know, i can i can sit around and just do nothing you know, yeah, the F&M will be there that next week. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and, and to that, I say encourage everybody to always come. We have a Wi-Fi. You like to play League of Legends? Why sit at home alone when you can come sit and do the same thing with your friends and everybody be able to, to have conversation and not have to, you know, type in game? Oh, I like it. Gaming's a social, social activity. Even, yeah. you know, even, even online gaming basement dwellers you know if you can give them a venue where they can feel comfortable and at home they'll they'll come and be home all right so do you have any closing thoughts do you have anything that we haven't talked about that you really want to just keep at it i mean never I mean, give up ne- never give up never surrender you know that old uh T- tim Galaxy allen quest yeah tim allen that was a great movie <laughs> it was but as far as it goes, you know, it's not always going to be you know, bright rainbows and sunshine in this industry. And you're always going to feel like you're at competition with your neighbor because you're all wanting to get the same individual in your, your place playing. Play nice with your neighbors, network with them. And even on your, your slump months when you've got, you know, say like us, you're in a college town and everybody's gone, you know, you work with your neighbors, plan around their events, they plan around your events, and you'll be surprised at how much more efficient your operation will run. And if nothing else, by playing nice with your neighbors, there won't be any unnecessary drama. Nobody will be rattling your name into the dirt. Oh, don't go there, they're dirty. You know, Nobody needs that. It just harms the community and it's toxic. Just drink bleach instead. All right, and if the uh, viewers and listeners want to find you online and say hi and check out your cool shop, where do they go? What do they have to, have to do? Well, we're on Facebook at uh, 
just search for Geekigamis. Uh, I work really hard to get us in Google to where How do you spell that? It's spelled G-E-E-K-Y-G-A-M-I apostrophe S. Okay. Just had to make sure. Yeah. And easy th- those who are extra extra retentive, both G's are capitalized. Perfect. Twitter? We do have a Twitter that's grossly underused. Um, <laughs> I find that most people are on Facebook. Um, one of my, my people happens to be a, a very special young lady. And uh, she utilizes a lot more of the, the social media that I haven't really had the drive to like Tumblr and, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm 25 next week and I feel like an old fogey compared to the, some of the, the stuff that she has showed me. <laughs> and she knows who she is, so I'll, I'll let her kick, kick my butt for bringing her up later. Fair enough. That's funny. Uh, I wouldn't put you at 25 just from, uh, from this view because I'm 30 and I feel like an old guy now. So I get, I get it. I know how you feel. But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate the update and the, the story and the advice. And I'm hoping the, uh, the listeners also do it. I've always enjoyed listening to the podcast. and you know, Not, not to, to insult you or anything, but when I'm at work in my little basement cubby you know, running my control center, it's, it's great listening just for, if nothing else, to stop the, the blank dead air of nothingness well i'm, I'm hoping uh, it's also educational at least sometimes so it keeps you keeps the attention definitely good well uh, yeah thanks a lot for coming on on the manverse podcast i really appreciate it and uh we'll talk to you soon see you around all right guys that's it for this episode of the manverse podcast I want to thank you guys for tuning in every week and listening. I always appreciate it. And I want to thank Alan Hicks, my special guest for this episode, for coming on the show and and sharing uh, his story about how he's turned everything around and built a successful business down in Coffeyville, Kansas. So if you have a chance, definitely go check out Geeky Gummies if you're in the area. See what he's talking about. Go give him some support. And if you are looking for more info on Game Store Entrepreneurship or you just want to find some more episodes of the Maniverse Podcast, the place to go is maniversaka.com. Well, that's it for this week's episode. I'm uh, pretty pumped, and I hope you get, you're get you getting pretty excited too for next week's episode. It's a, another roundtable edition of the Maniverse Podcast where the topic up for discussion is websites and whether or not you can just get the job done with your Facebook page or do you really need a web presence. We really dive into this topic super deep and if you are in the process of building a website or you're thinking about building one that's going to be a show that you are not going to want to miss so uh, keep an eye out for that one and as always i'm going to just say thanks for listening i really appreciate it and i will talk to you guys next week see ya